Hello and welcome to another episode of Soundcheck by Support Act. Uh, my name is Luke and I am the Industry Relations Manager from Support Act and today I am joined by Amber Rules. Thanks for joining us, Amber. Hi, thanks for having me. No worries. So Amber is a psychotherapist but is also a clinical director of Sydney Addictions Recovery and today will be speaking to us about alcohol and drug use uh, through these tough times. Before we start this discussion, I want to make sure that people know all about Support Act's 24-7 uh, wellbeing helpline, which can be reached at 1-800-959-500. And they are there 24-7 hours, 24-7, uh, and ready to speak to you about uh, any mental health issues you might be facing, uh, any career concerns you might have, and also to discuss any financial counselling needs you might have. Um, so today, Amber, what do you think we need to cover around people's alcohol and drug use at the moment? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of great information um, on the internet popping up about how to look after ourselves and our mental health and our physical health during this time. But one thing I haven't seen a lot about is how um, when times of sort of uh, difficulty, stress, trauma, scarcity, um, our coping mechanisms tend to kind of increase. And sometimes uh, that can mean that we use more alcohol, nicotine, drugs, et cetera, or even behaviors like gambling and stuff like that more than we usually would. So I guess that's something I, I, I feel obviously feel really passionate about and is my specialty is kind of um, making sure that we're looking after ourselves when everything's so all over the place so that those things don't get out of control. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, becoming more and more understood as the stigma around uh, mental health and addiction has broken down. But there's certainly a relationship between the two, is there not? Between... Um, mental health and alcohol and other drug use. Absolutely. I mean, I think they're inextricable, you know, in a lot of ways that you can't separate them. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that if you have mental health difficulties or having a hard time with your mental health, which we all do throughout our lifetime, um, it doesn't necessarily mean you'll also have a problem with addictive behaviours. But um, I think very often the way we deal with difficult mental health stuff is by increasing things like drug and alcohol use because it works. You know, it helps to have a drink and settle ourselves down or it helps to kind of smoke pot and relax a bit. But ultimately, there can be a point where it gets out of control and is no longer helpful. And that very often happens in times of distress, like we're sort of currently in. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's a, you know, there's kind of two sides to talking about alcohol and other drug use. One of them being uh, dependency and one of them being addiction. Yeah. But there's probably a third pillar as well, which is about people, particularly at times of stress like now, who are turning to things uh, like alcohol and drugs. Yeah. What, what's kind of your advice for people who are feeling the stress and are, and are, um, are seeing their uh, drink and drug use go up? What would you suggest they could, they could do? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, uh, first of all, we kind of need to give ourselves a bit of slack because if we're being really hard on ourselves, then that's going to, you know, not be useful in various ways, but can increase our, our sort of drug and alcohol use. Um, but I think at the moment, kind of trying to keep routine as much as you can because our routine's so all over the place now. So if you're working, um, for example, in a venue and going to, a venue every night or most nights of the week and you are no longer doing that your routine is really different now so trying to develop a routine uh, 
that you can kind of stick to as best you can without being too hard on yourself is useful. And I think making sure that you think critically about when you use drugs and alcohol in that routine. So for people who normally say work from an office, you're working from home all day. The first drink that you pick up might be much earlier now than it would be if you had to finish work, you know, get on the bus, get home, do whatever you do when you come home and then have a drink. You might be doing that two or three hours earlier. So just thinking about when you're using drugs and alcohol, I think is really important to start with. Um, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you continue. That's all right. I think the other thing to keep in mind is like how much you're using. So I don't know if you saw like kind of this week or last week, I read somewhere that um, alcohol, uh, alcohol buying in Australia has gone up by 30% or something. Yeah, it's the and, new toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and of course, at times of scarcity, that's what human beings do. Like, it's, it's very human to kind of panic and want to make sure we're looked after. You know, it's, it's a very instinct, is it not? Exactly. It's a really old sort of primal thing that we do. And um, also, alcohol is a is a well, and drugs is an age old coping mechanism for people under stress. We have we should acknowledge that. Absolutely. And you know, I I I don't think there's any sort of moral. Um, you know, issues with using drugs or alcohol. I know lots of people would disagree with me. I think it's a perfectly neutral thing to do. It's just about whether it's good and useful for you and if the good uh, outweighs the bad, or rather if the bad outweighs the good. So, Is there know. a definition that you can return to when talking with your clients about when that kind of behaviour does become problematic from an objective perspective? Yeah, so there's not a universal one that, that like, you know, addiction specialists agree on. Um, but I think a really useful way of looking at it is simply, does it cost you more than it helps you with? And if you think that it doesn't cost you more than it helps you with, what are the people around you saying about it? Because you might think your use is perfectly fine, but then you've got, you know, a partner or parents or friends or whatever saying to you, like, this is not okay and you're really having an impact on us. So I think they're the two things to think about. Is it manageable or not? And what do other people think about its manageability? Yeah, great. I think that's all really, really good advice. And, you know, I think just to add to that, it's just about people taking stock and making sure they're looking after their health. Their whole message through this series is to say, hey, we're all at home. We're all in a really unusual situation. And I think it's just about always having that, that conversation with yourself about, am I doing what's best for myself? Yeah. Uh, or, or am I in a, you know, a bit of a self-destructive phase, which you know, a lot of people under pressure will turn to. So moving on, I mean, there'll be a number of people uh, watching this who have been dealing with addiction and dependency issues. It's always a stereotype of the music industry that there's a disproportionate amount of people dealing with addiction and you know, it's the whole rock and roll tradition, yeah. I guess. But um, putting that stereotype aside, I'm sure there still are a number of people out there who can identify it. Um, what, are, what are some things that people who, have, who are either in recovery or, you know, depending on how they look at it, are, are coming back from a, from an addiction or dependency issue, what are some things that they should be thinking about, being mindful of at this time? Yeah, look, I think um, again going back to that idea of access. So um, being careful. Um, obviously, each substance is very different, and where we get it from is quite different. So being careful about the source of where you get your drugs and alcohol, or drugs really, at a time like this is important. Um, and even things like if you are buying drugs, um, being careful that you're doing things like sanitizing the, you know, the bag that it comes in and 
um, doing harm reduction stuff, like not rolling up you know, banknotes to snort things, you know, um, using straws and only using one, um, sorry, having one for yourself as opposed to sharing with other people. All that kind of basic hygiene stuff still applies as well. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, this is really tricky. And, and if you're at the pointier end of addiction, um, it's really important you don't mess around with it, you know. Um, so at times like this, I know, uh, you know, medical kind of resources are really quite stretched, but uh, some doctors, especially if you know them already, are doing online or phone consults. I think that's worth, you know, getting in touch with them if you are worried about it. Especially um, something like alcohol, if you've gone from having access to quite a bit of it to having none, you have to be careful about detoxing and the impact on your kind of renal system and that kind of stuff. That was one of the reasons why bottle shops were was kept open, was it not? It was because of the being an essential service around... Uh, harm reduction the dependence yeah yeah so i'm not sure why they were kept open um but that was certainly one of my concerns when i heard about them potentially not being open is that if you actually are truly um say physically dependent on alcohol as a substance it's very dangerous to suddenly stop drinking mm. so if that's you i really encourage you to seek medical help i know it's a weird time to be doing that but that could potentially be really problematic yeah yeah so I guess lastly, we want to talk a little bit about what might be triggers for people who have had uh, previous substance use issues and how they might cope with that uh, in the house. We've been talking a lot about mental health and a lot of it's got to do with exercise and activity and, and you know, trying to keep yourself busy around the house. But do those similar concepts kind of apply in this instance? Yeah, look, I think they do and they don't in that, uh, you know, I, I really think it's wonderful. I've heard so many um, musicians and certainly there's been this proliferation of people doing sort of online shows or, you know, streaming from, you, you know, on YouTube from their lounge rooms or whatever, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. um, but also the, the message I'm kind of hearing is like, we must use this time to be productive. And I just don't think that that's possible for everyone at a time like this. You know, purely from a sort of biological and neurological point of view, we're all really overwhelmed, like really overwhelmed. And this is scary. And we're in the middle of actually what is a collective trauma and trauma um, ongoing, like not being able to get out of it, not knowing whether we're going to go to the grocery store and get kind of, you know, contract COVID means that we're still in the middle of it and we're still going to be quite stressed and overwhelmed, even if we don't necessarily feel like we are. So I think it's important to take it easy on yourself and to understand that if your drug and alcohol use does increase, that that's probably a response to you feeling, you know, really quite wobbly at the moment. And you don't have to write your next album or, you know, plan your next tour or whatever it is that you feel pressure to do if you don't want to. I think that's... Yeah, it's time for everyone to have a collective chill perhaps. Yeah. And just like everyone, everyone, after ourselves. Yeah, certainly. I've had this conversation with a number of my music music colleagues and musicians and whatnot and it's kind of like this oh you know there's the pressure to use this time to create the album that i've always been talking about but also you know it's probably one of the few times in our entire lives as you know for generations absolutely that society is having a pause period so yeah, yeah. Uh, it means different things to different people of course um, yeah but you just have to be kind to yourself through all absolutely that. my clinical advice is just sit your butt down yeah <laughs> have a break yeah absolutely and then, you know I, I say that um also with the understanding that we're all not that privileged to kind of have access to being able to just sit down and relax for a while you know so 
for some of us, survival is like at the front of our minds at the moment, particularly if our entire industry has been shut down. So I know working in music and uh, film and television and stuff like that is precarious at the best of times, you know, sometimes you don't know where your next job's coming from. Um, so, you know, it's really hard to do that and, and sit down and relax and try and sort of stay as calm as you can if your survival is, is um, kind of threatened, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have anything else that you think would be relevant to people tuning in today? Look, I think just keep in mind that um, one of the things humans do is say, oh, it's not that bad or other people have it worse than me. And I think like this is not the time for that. You know, it's not the pain Olympics. <laughs> you, yeah. don't, you don't have to, um, you don't have to have it better or worse than someone else in order to be kind of having a tough time and suffering. So I just encourage, this is such a therapist thing to say, but I just encourage people to be gentle with themselves and other people, you know, take it easy. Don't expect too much of yourself. And, you know, from the addiction perspective, keep an eye on how much you're drinking or smoking or whatever it is. If you notice that there's kind of an uptick in that, then reach out for help. You know, of course, Support Act's got their brilliant support phone line that they can call. Um, you can reach out to someone like me for a bit of extra advice. Whatever you need at a time like this is, is I think, really important to just take it slow and be gentle with yourself. I mean, I, I guess we're probably having people uh, for such a huge range of ages. I mean, Support Act works with people who are musicians, crew workers, and people who work in the industry. So we're talking you know, teenagers up to retirement years. Yep. Have you got any specific online resources that you think you could point people to or organisations that are doing a particularly good job for... Yeah. For around, uh, so, oh, sorry, cut you off. <laughs> no, it's okay, go for it. Um, one of the uh, resources I think that's really important for people who are, you know, identified as in recovery from a drug and alcohol um, uh, issue or any other addiction issue at the moment um, is that you can't go to 12-step meetings anymore. So if that was useful to you in your recovery, um, you know, you should be able to find your fellowship online. Um, some of you might be more tech-savvy than others and might have to um, kind of, in the words of the fellowship, do your service by, by kind of helping out with that stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's also a great website. It's an American website called intherooms.com. And it's a virtual, it's a 24 hour day virtual meeting website. There is a 12 step meeting for absolutely everything on the planet. And there's also other meetings um, that aren't affiliated with the 12 step um, sort of program. So for some people that doesn't work for them for various reasons, they don't like it, that's cool. There's also other meetings you can join online there. So I think that's a really good one at a time like this. I know we're probably also getting to the point where doing everything online is getting a bit overwhelming. So, you know, just prioritizing what's important is good too. Um, so that's a really good resource. Um, you can also go to my website, which is um, www.sydneyaddictionsrecovery.com. Um, I've been doing lives every day. There's lots of counselors, therapists, social workers, psychologists doing that kind of stuff now. So kind of have a look around in your area and see um, if there's people doing stuff online. There's lots of blogs popping up, you know, LinkedIn, I've noticed a lot of my colleagues doing stuff where they're posting important um, and useful information there. So having a bit of a look around, I think is good and finding something that you feel like fits for you. Obviously, you know, the difference between, um, for example, someone who's 20 and someone who's 65 is that they might want to get their information from different places. So, right. um, 
when you're finding a therapist, you always find one that fits for you. And it's the same for finding good information that's supportive. Find what works for you and use that. Yeah. And there's, there's a heap of resources and phone lines and whatnot available at the touch of a, a button these days, yeah. a touch of a touch screen yeah. uh, out there for anyone who's um, tuning in to have a, look, have a listen today. Um, Thank you so much, Amber. We'll definitely have you back to discuss more. This is just the beginning of uh, Soundcheck. We think we're going to be able to, we're going to be in isolation for some time. So we're going to have some time to unpack some of these issues in greater detail. Yep. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. And before I let you all go, I just want to uh, remind everyone of the Support Act Wellbeing Helpline. It can be reached at 1-800-959-524 hours a day, seven days a week. Make sure you go and call them now. And thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs>